Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Porch. My name is Jessie Leatherby. This is the Painted Hearts Podcast, Episode 5. And I'm here with the wonderful and beautiful Emily Payton Shores. Want to say hi, Emily. Hi, guys. <laughs> so I'm actually super, super excited about this topic because all of the other topics, how it's kind of worked before, is I would pick a person and I, like kind of know things that they're passionate about yada yada and so I kind of like go with the Lord and pray pray for the topic with the Lord and what I should talk about with that person if that made any sense this one is a little bit different so Emily I actually don't know as well as the other people that have come on this podcast which is very exciting for me because it means I have no idea what she's going to say about this topic but the way that it kind of happened is I was sitting in mass and I looked across the pews which I think I told this to you mm-hmm. I looked across the pews and I literally saw her and it was like this gut instinct that I was just supposed to talk to her about suffering and the cross, which is a huge topic, Emily. That's like, I think that might be the biggest topic that we've tried to tackle on this podcast. Not that we can ever tackle it, but I just basically, I just want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear, I know that you're passionate about it. I do Mm -hmm. know that much, which I honestly don't know how I know that, which is kind of cool, but also maybe Abby Petonis, Emily's dear friend, Abby Petonis. Mm -hmm. Um, we, We have a mutual friend. But nonetheless, you can start anywhere. Why, why are you passionate about suffering the cross? What does it mean to you? That's very, it's a very broad question, but that's kind of how we go on the porch. We just kind of jump in. How am I passionate? What, did I, um, what about the cross do I love? Um, I think for me personally, like it's, the cross is the testimony of how I fell in love with the Lord. Um, I fell in love with the Lord because of suffering, because I was suffering. Um, when I was 14, I... My childhood was just very broken and very bruised and very unstable and inconsistent. And there was just a lot of brokenness within my family. Um, And I had a really beautiful youth minister and she just introduced me into like, there's a reason for this. And the reason is that this is the way that you're going to meet the Lord. Um, And I met the Lord when I was 14 because I was hurting and I was broken. Um, And my suffering had meaning finally. and the cross just made sense to me. Um, and the cross was just an area of life that became life, um, if that makes sense. And just like the way that like Christ suffered for me and that like the suffering that I was experiencing at that time, like it was hard and it was painful, but just like the way that the cross showed me that it's already been done. Um, the cross showed me that the suffering has already been experienced. Um, and the way that the Lord loved me through that. And so just like putting putting meaning into what was already happening in my life. But in summary, the cross was just how I met the Lord and how I fell in love with him. Um, and it gave purpose. It gave purpose. <laughs> that's, and, that's, that's big. It gave purpose and reasoning like back to back to what I was experiencing, even at like such a young age looking back. But um, yeah, the cross was just how I fell in love with the Lord. What, like, I guess, what do you mean by that? Like it gave it gave purpose to it. Like, can you open, open that yeah. up a little bit? It suddenly my suffering wasn't just because it was things that had happened to me or to my family. Um, but it was something that had like divine purpose. Um, and like the way that it was so clear to me, like, even though it was difficult, like this was something that like the Lord had chosen for my family, um, as well as like for me. Um, and getting to a point where it was like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade what, is going on for like peace and harmony which is like what I wanted for so long because if I I think if I would have had that I don't think I would have met the Lord as intimately Hmm. um and I would not trade the relationship that I had with the Lord at that time or like the way that I was introduced to him 
for that. And so even in that, I think the purpose of the suffering was to encounter him and to meet him. And that is everything in the Christian life. Um, it's to like learn how to suffer um, and to like carry our crosses. And to me, the very purpose of suffering, the very purpose of that is the divine intimacy that comes out of that with the Lord of like really entering into his suffering and even seeing the ways that like I play into his own suffering as well. But yeah. Woof. <laughs> Woof. And some may say, would you say that like, I don't know, while you're learning that lesson or while you met the Lord and fell in love with the Lord, did it make the suffering easier or is it still just as hard? <laughs> it was still just as hard. Um, the problems that were happening with my family were still happening. Um, so on like a human level and like a physical level, like everything was still just as hard, but I had a place to put it. So it wasn't like pent up frustration and anger anymore or hurt. Um, and as I was still angry and frustrated, it was like, I now have this like outlet to like put it into, um, and to like pour it out into, um, yeah, so so just as hard, but I was also being poured back into by it. Um, and it was like, yeah, this this is really difficult stuff that we're dealing with, but at the same time, like, I'm giving it back, and it's being poured back into me in a whole new way. Um, so it does it didn't necessarily become easier, but it like made it worth it. Hmm. Um, I think in a way. Oof. Yeah. What would you say to people who are just like really going through it right now? Like, like their, their families are falling apart or they have a broken heart or they just like, you, you, you can think of a million yeah. other things. Like what, if you could be going through everything that you went through, if you could say one thing to them, like some message of hope maybe, or, or anything, what would you say? Um, a phrase that I was introduced to and like the very phrase that changed my perspective on life a little bit, kind of rotated on its axis at that age from my beautiful divine whatever you want to call her youth minister was per crucem ad lucem which is actually now tattooed on my shoulder well, fun. <laughs> um but the it's a latin phrase that means through the cross to the light um and it basically just is the teaching of cross and resurrection um and so i know it's really difficult in times of suffering and in times of trial and tribulation when people are like oh my gosh yeah this sucks but don't worry it's gonna get so much better because <laughs> i always hated that personally um, and I remember the first time she like told me like through the cross to the light, I was like, but the cross is hard to get through. Um, and so I think for me, like something that I've learned as well in my time at Franciscan and in a household, I'm in a household that's really catered to the cross and suffering. And something that I've learned is it's okay to like sit in it for a little bit. Um, and it's okay to like dwell on it in a way that's, I think there's a healthy level to it as well, because Jesus has 14 stations to sit and dwell in. Um, and he has three days in the tomb to sit and dwell in it. Um, so I don't think we're called into as Christians and as human beings, honestly, of like suffer really fast. Um, and if you are suffering, ignore it because Jesus Christ himself did not ignore it. And Jesus Christ himself, like felt the weight of the world literally on his shoulders. Um, and when his time came, like so did the light, um, and when his time came, like, the resurrection followed. And that is something that's always been really hopeful to me more than anything is, like, I had a priest back home um, who used to always say as well, like, every Good Friday has an Easter Sunday. Um, every crucifixion has a resurrection. And so I think just, like, but it can be really hard to see that um, in the moment of crucifixion. 
Um, as I, like, can only imagine, like, for, even for Jesus, who, like, knew the divine plan. Like, he was on the cross, and he's like, God, <laughs> like, why have you forsaken me? And, like, he was feeling the weight of, weight of the world, like I said, and, like, feeling death quite imminently. And even he himself, I think, lost a little bit of sight in a way of, like, the light that was coming. So, for me, it's just like, yeah, it's really difficult to see. Um, but it's coming. Uh, and when it's not coming and when it feels like it's a million miles away, just like Jesus show me how to suffer and like, it's okay more than anything to sit in it. And I think for some people like the ass, I don't know. I think it's not unpopular in the Christian life to feel like our suffering isn't validated because people want to get over it so bad. But I think it's important to remember that like even Jesus Christ suffered and he suffered well. Um, so yeah, suffering is real and valid and it's okay. I think to reflect on it and to allow yourself to dwell but also like light is coming the resurrection is coming easter sunday is coming um but yeah i think just to validate like it can feel like it's farther away sometimes than others yeah amen amen <laughs> emily i'm literally so shocked what even i like didn't honestly did not know what was gonna come out of your mouth today, <laughs> but that's absolutely beautiful absolutely beautiful what about like like suffering on the daily like like in the little things any thoughts about that like how do we how do we get through how do we push through how do we hold yeah. on hope um amen <laughs> just amen <laughs> yeah um something that a household sister taught me one of my closest friends um just to give her a shout out her name's kaylee robinson mm. she's a type 1 diabetic and life is not easy as a type 1 diabetic. And so she does injections every single day and takes her blood sugar and, like, pricks her finger every single day. And she, like, suffers with this chronic illness and will for the rest of her life. And something that Kaylee taught me really beautifully was, like, and it's super difficult to hold on to, but, like, she views the, like, pricks of her fingers and, like, her injection sites and, like, all these little things as, like, splinters of the cross that she's being asked to hold on to and to carry. Um... And this is a cross that she cannot escape from. And honestly, like, there is probably no resurrection. Like, grand resurrection to it. And, like, a resurrection for her is, like, when her blood sugar is normal. Um, and, it, like, somehow it stabilizes because Kaylee just has a very difficult time with her diabetes um, and managing it. But just, like, I think in daily suffering and in everyday suffering, um, it's... I think it's really important to remember that a resurrection doesn't have to be this grand moment. Um, the light doesn't have to be this, like, transforming, like, power that, like, you wake up one day and you're like, oh, my gosh, I love life and I'm living in so much freedom and, like, all those things. And those moments come and they're beautiful and we should hold on to them. But also life is filled a lot more with those tiny splinters, I think, than we realize. And, and day after day of splinters, like, it can feel like the weight of the cross um, in total. And I think something in that is like still finding the light in that. So whether that's like, even in a really rough day of like, wow, my holy hour was really good today because I was able to like really talk to the Lord about my suffering or like, wow, that coffee I had with a friend or I don't know, just like little things of like, even like the way that like the sun shines perfectly sometimes. Like I remember some days that like have been the hardest for me when I like mentally, I'm just not doing well and all those things. But like, I walk outside and the sun is shining so bright that I can like feel it in my skin kind of day. Like, yeah, I'm still having anxiety and I still have all these things to do. And I, my family is still difficult, but like in this moment, like the light feels a little bit closer. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and those like interactions I think that I have with people are also like little moments of like the light is not in its totality yet but it's like peeking through Hmm. Um, because something that I've always loved is like I really have a strong devotion to the station of the cross um, shocking, isn't it? Um, but something that, that like one? happens in the stations is like, in the Lord's greatest moments of suffering, as seen in the stations and like on his way to Calvary, he's still given moments of relief. Like he still meets his mother. Mm-hmm. He still has Simon of Cyrene to help carry his cross. Like Veronica still wipes his face. He meets the women of Jerusalem. Like, for me, it's just a reminder of like, where are those people? Where are those moments? Um, because I think. Those were moments of relief for the Lord that were not, like, moments of totality. They were not his Easter Sunday. But even in his greatest trial, like, he still had a moment of hope in his soul of, like, I'm still being taken care of by the Father. So I think it's just, like, the small reminders of, like, even in my greatest suffering, like, where am I still being taken care of by the Father? Because they can always be found because he's always taking care of us. But, yeah, it's harder to find them than others. But I think they're, they can always be found in some form. I think one of my favorite things to think about when I think about the Stations of the Cross is one of Jesus's like consolations on the way of the cross was like him thinking of me being able to be resurrected, right? Yeah. Like that's just like so so mind-boggling to me. And I think that's where it's like we we think about his suffering and everything he went through on the way of the cross and like if we don't actually accept the resurrection, right? Like if we don't believe in the resurrection, then what was it all for? Which is such a simple idea, but it's like, I don't know. And that's everything you were saying about suffering. Like, that's what I was thinking was like, okay, like, do I believe in the resurrection? Because that's what makes it all so much easier. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, that's like, that's like what made Jesus' cross easier was like, he knew and he believed in the resurrection and like, in the good that was going to come from all of it, which is easily said, but it's also just like to wake up every day and to actually be like, do I believe this? Do I believe this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think something important to remember, and I remember I was talking to a, a priest on campus once about it, and I was just like, help. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. Like, I'm just, it was That's super, yeah, literally, it was super early on in my freshman year, and I was like, I understand the cross. I under, Like, I get it. I don't understand the resurrection sometimes, like, in my own life. And he was like, he, like, looked at me, and he gave me this look of, like, what (laughs) and he just like said it and he was like you can't believe in one and not believe in the other because they don't exist independently they don't exist without the other um like it's not like we ever lived in the time of like truly experiencing the death of christ in those three days like yes we know them and we experience them but also we've always been taught we've always known what happened after so how do we believe in one so greatly and not believe in the event after um because also, Ooh, yeah, they just... That's, that's good. They what just, priest told you that? Father Dominic Foster. Uh, oh, there it is. They, like, they exist together. We know them together. Um, in the same way that we would never, like, take apart, like, other events of scripture, you know? So, like, why do we take apart the crucifixion and the resurrection? Um, yeah. Yeah. You know? Even yeah. though they are, like, the biggest events of the Christian life. Um, outside of, like, the consecration of the Eucharist, like, why do we take those apart? Like, we would never take away the consecration of the blood from the consecration of the host. Just like, why do we take away the crucifixion and the resurrection? Because those are an innate with one another. 
as is the aspects of the consecration. That's in, that's intense. That's some. Serious, he said it to me, and I was like, "Serious wisdom." I was like, "What?" I was like, "I'm 18. I have no idea what that means." <laughs> <Yeah. is." laughs> but I've that's thought about dumb. it pretty frequently since, and I like actually talked to Father Dominic a few weeks ago about that as well. And I was like, "Do you remember when he said that?" And he was like, "Yeah." <laughs> He's like, "Casual." He was like, "How's that going?" And I was like, "Good. Great. Thanks." I love that. Mm-hmm. In my Gospel of John class today, we were reading the scripture. I'm going to butcher it, but Jesus talking about how the seed has to die. Mm-hmm. in order for it to bear fruit yeah and it just like of the whole class that's the one thing that stood out to me today which i think one is a miracle but i was just like literally from the first moment of creation like god wrote death and resurrection in, like into the earth mm-hmm. like when you see a seed you literally like plant it in the ground in the soil to die like to be completely buried and what comes from it but like life yeah and i was thinking about like adam like adam who who was asked by God to like cultivate the earth and the first time he would have planted a seed right or or even like after he planted a seed after the fall right like oh my gosh we screwed over the whole world we fell like we like we broke the whole system yada yada like they're sent out of the garden but what does he do he goes and he cultivates the land because that's what God asked him to do and what does he do he puts these seeds into the soil just like he knows that he's going to be in the soil and die but what does he see come from it but like life and plants and like I was just thinking about like what a beautiful moment that would have been for Adam the first time that like that seed sprouted Mm -hmm. and it was like this hope of the resurrection that happened like even before Jesus came yeah even before they needed one because they hadn't experienced death you know yeah like yeah yeah I don't know I I worked at a Catholic summer camp over the summer I worked at a life teen summer camp oh we love life teen we do love life teen and I think something that just like stuck out to me and it's super simple because I worked at the middle school camp so I worked with (laughs) 11 to 14 year olds all summer um which is also such a beautiful age that I think is highly underestimated in the church but anyway (laughs) um, (laughs) I was talking to a literal like she was going into I think sixth or seventh grade she was like 12 years old she was tiny and she just life has happened to her already um and she had this like sticker on her hydro flask like a water bottle and I remember I, like, read it, and I was like, that's so cheesy. And it has stuck with me every day since. And we were just, like, talking about, like, the pains of her life and just, like, basically this conversation of, like, why I'm too... She was basically like, I am too young to know that life is this hard. And she had this sticker on her water bottle that said that she, like, held on to from something that her mom gave her. And it was like, perhaps if you have been planted, or perhaps if you feel buried, it is because you have been planted. And I just, like, locked, like looked at it, and I was like, what does that mean to you? And she just, like, spoke of, like, because she knew the Lord very well as well. And, like, I think it's awesome that the Lord reveals himself so young to so many people. And I think she was one of those people that, like, she was like, oh, yeah, I met him when I was, like, nine. And I was like, <laughs> no big deal. Okay. And she just, like, spoke so profoundly of him in her, like, seventh grade terminology. But she said something like, life's hard, and I feel like I'm suffocating, but I think it's because this is the ground that the Lord has planted me in. And she was just like, but I can't, she just like spoke of like, I can't be buried if it's like, kind of like what you're saying with Adam, like if it's the good soil, um, but to like be planted in good soil is to first be uprooted from bad soil and to like be taken out and placed where she is supposed to be. So just like, I've thought about that all the time of like, yeah, if I feel buried, it's because maybe I've been planted somewhere good. And like, what is this good soil? Um, which I think is also resurre- like cross and resurrection, like physically being buried like jesus was like physically placed in the tomb um and it's because he was like planted into new life for for us and for me um 
Yeah, but that's sticker. <laughs> that's that sticker from a twelve-year-old that I was like, that's so. I like read it. I was like, that's so cheesy, and then I was like, actually, that's awesome. <laughs> actually, like, loved it. yeah, I absolutely love that. I the thing that stood out to me the most, I think, was when you said, um, "How'd you phrase it?" Just talking about like the uprooting out of bad soil, mm-hmm. because to me, like that that is so often like the pain of this life is one just like that and I was I was praying uh, pr- praying a few weeks ago just about how like I felt like my soul was just being uprooted but it was like what I thought how, how do I phrase it like it was things that I thought were flowers in my life but they're really weeds like you know all those flowers that are like on the side of the road and you're like oh these are so beautiful <laughs> like that's what I was coming to in prayers I was like no god god like these are so beautiful like mm-hmm. these sh- these should be in my garden they're so pretty and he was just like jesse like these are actual weeds like we have to get rid of these and it was so it was so painful because i had just like grown to love them and like seen all this good Mm -hmm. in him but like because he knows me better he was like no 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 like but but that's a huge part of suffering too is like having the trust that he's gonna like take care of you and take care of your heart even though it's like is that that uprooting (laughs) like painful yeah oh yeah so that i have found that's like the question of life for a lot of people is like, how does a good God let bad things happen? Or like, how does a good God let his like beloved children suffer? Um, and this actually came up in class a couple weeks ago, um, in one of my theology classes, which is just awesome that that is a topic of discussion that I'm studying, but (laughs) true. That is beautiful. Um, yeah. And my professor just said something along the lines of like, the Lord allows his people to suffer because he too has suffered. Like, the very like one of the, like the very main focal points of of the crucifixion was so that like the divine so that the father and the son would know what it was like to suffer as a human being you know like they want first experienced the actual pain of death because Christ himself died but also like God the father experienced the death of a child um like more than anything like a father lost his son um and i remember i was just like like i first like i knew that but just, like, when you put it in, like, human terms of, like, there's no greater, like, thing that you hear about in this world than, like, wow, like, a parent lost a child. Yeah. Like, there's nothing more, like, distorted than that when it comes to pain and suffering um, for a lot of people. And it was just, like, if God the Father himself experienced it, like, he knows what it's like, you know? He knows what it's like to suffer in that way, and he knows what it's like to die in that way. Um, so, yeah, that was just, like, a, like, he allows it. He doesn't permit it to happen or he like doesn't desire it for it to happen but like he allows it because he himself has already done it and knows what that experience is like and does it every single time it happens to like one of us or like yeah. occurs in our life as well so yeah that was super cool for me of like that makes sense <laughs> yeah. he allows it he doesn't yeah he knows what it's like and it breaks his heart just as much as it breaks yeah. ours i love that too the image of like a father losing their child one in the context of of jesus but also like again in the context of the fall in the garden Mm -hmm. like he like sent his son to die because he was so heartbroken that like Mm -hmm. that he lost us yeah and like that is just i don't know that image of just like god the father weeping because he like lost humanity like yeah. all all of scripture that's all it is it's like god the father weeping and like in he in the old testament he's like a god of justice yes but it's always like i don't know that's how i read it at least it's just like this father who's like weeping who just like wants his kids back so much that like yeah 
he's willing to give his son and, and suffer all of that. It's just, it's crazy. Oh, Emily Shore. <laughs> what even? Oh my gosh. Cross is fun. <laughs> just a little bit. Cross we is can, sweet. It is sweet. Interesting. It is sweet, yeah. huh? Okay. Any last wise bits of wisdom that you want to put out to the world here? Um, God's wisdom, not ours. <laughs> something that I went on a mission to Belize my freshman year of college. <laughs> Looking back, I don't know why I was taken to Belize because I was so young and had no idea what was going on in the world and all these things. But I had a conversation with a student one day who had a testimony crazy similar to mine with his family and with all these things. And he asked kind of these questions of like, why? Why am I suffering? Like, I'm tired of it, basically. Or he was like, anytime I feel like I've made progress in it, or I'm like getting closer to the resurrection, like, gosh, like, why am I, why do I like fall back again in a way? And something that was just like very real to me. And I like said to him that afterwards, I was like, I've never thought about it like that before. And it was just such like a Jesus, like you showed up kind of moment, you know, like you were, it was your words, not mine. It was just like, going back to the stations of the cross, like, if Jesus fell three times, like, if Jesus needed Simon of Cyrene, um, or Veronica, or, like, the consolation of his mother, like, who am I as a human being that is suffering to not think that I need the same, or even that I, like, need more? Um, like, if Jesus fell three times, how many more times will I fall? Like, how many more Simons of Cyrene will I need to help carry my cross? Like, how much more will I need Our Lady to, like, bring comfort and consolation to me? Or, like, someone to, like, wipe my face? Um, or even, honestly, just, like, faces in the crowd. Um, one of the reflections of the stations that I really love just, like, says, like, he looks into this crowd and these are the same people that, like, asked for miracles and were, like, at the feeding of the 5,000. Um, and, like, they were turning on him, but also, like, some steadfast, like, held fast to the end and... Um, who am I to, yeah, just not think that I need what, like, Jesus Christ himself needed, um, which also gives, like, permission for, for one to, like, admit that they are suffering, but also that they need help in it, and it's okay that I've, like, learned that, like, sometimes it's okay if just Jesus, and not even just Jesus, like, if it's Jesus that, like, helps carry my cross, um, or, like, wipes my face, or all these things, or, like, Mary, but, yeah, that's, like, my thing that I've, like, lived by for a long time when it also comes to, like, being, like, gentle with myself, which is, like, I need as much as Jesus did in his own cross, if not more, um, and to, like, allow myself the permission to ask for help, um, which is also just super difficult (laughs) (laughs) as a human, but I need as much as Jesus did, and I need him, um, and I, yeah, I just, I need that community, um, and we're not made to suffer alone as human beings. And that is, like, another aspect of... That's, like, a gift of community. But also just, like, the gift of Jesus Christ himself. Um, which, like, going back to, like, the very beginning of what I said. Like, when I was 14, I entered into my suffering with Jesus for the first time. Um, and he carried my cross for me. Um, when my face was in the dirt. And it, like, hasn't stopped since. Um, but, yeah, that conversation in Belize was just, like it's okay that that student, that kid, that, like, I literally can't even remember his name three years later, but, like, he needed help, and he needed, he needed to be okay with the fact that he was gonna fall, and, like, have someone carry his cross, and all those things, but, yeah, that's something that I've, like, thought a lot about in the last, like, three years as well, just, like, it's okay to need the help, you know? Yeah. 
sometimes it takes one person being like, mm-hmm. it's okay to ask for help to get to get you to be like, yeah. okay, maybe it actually is okay. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if like the person that you're asking for help is Jesus, and it's prayer. Because yeah. I think sometimes we get to the point in suffering where we can't, we aren't there yet to ask other people, or sometimes like we don't have those people to ask. Um, but we always have Jesus, and we always have Mary. And as Catholics, I think it's a gift that we have. Jesus and Mary. But, yeah. Mm. Amen. <laughs> it's super funny because everybody over the course of, I think, this is this is the fifth, fifth episode. I think every single person has at some point come back to prayer. <laughs> which we love. That's, yeah. It is. It's so foundational. But it's just, it's beautiful because you guys haven't heard each other talk really. <laughs> but you're all, like, you, it always comes back to the same thing. It's so beautiful. But that being said. Prayer forever. The breath of the spiritual life. Ooh, amen. Emily Shore is so quotable today, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Okay, let's let's pray that we'll bring it all back. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and dwell in our hearts. Come and teach us how to pray. Jesus, we just praise you for this conversation. We praise you for bringing Emily here. It's obviously so providential that she's here. Jesus, we just ask for the grace to suffer well. We ask for the grace to enter into the stations of the cross, the carrying of the cross, to enter into the crucifixion, and to be able to see all of our sufferings in light of the crucifixion. Jesus, we just ask for the grace this week to not split the resurrection from the crucifixion. We ask for the grace to hope in the midst of our sufferings for the grace to hope in the growth that you're going to bring about when we're feeling buried and planted. Jesus, we also just ask that you walk with us, that you carry our cross. Show us where to go for help this week. And show us that we're not alone in the midst of all of it. We pray all of this through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Amen. Amen. Emily Shore, thank you so, so much. Thank you. Of my heart. You are truly <laughs> a treasure of soul. Thank you. And God hand-selected you with, without a doubt, and I'm so grateful. A Any little... Time. Beautiful. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you say. A little uh, shout-out. So something we're doing a little bit different this week. So tomorrow I'm going to release a imaginative prayer i guess that's what you can call it rosary rosary reflection on the sorrowful mysteries it's just going to be about 20 30 minutes um and i have fallen in love with praying the rosary specifically the sorrowful mysteries in um, the way the rosary is supposed to be prayed which is with your imagination and really entering into the mysteries and i think it's just like a perfect um i don't know a way to step into everything everything that we were talking about today with suffering and just like to really really truly meditate on jesus suffering and our own suffering in light of that. And so I recommend that to you. That'll come out tomorrow. And then the following days of this week, I'm also just going to release like a few five to 10 minute um, imaginative prayer reflections slash meditations. You can like put them, put them on on, the, on your drive in the morning or something like that. But recommend those to you. Thank you so much for joining us on the porch. Emily, we'll see you. We'll see you again. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. We'll Sounds have to good. see. Have a wonderful week, everyone. We will see you all. Well, we won't actually see you, but hopefully something like that will happen at some point in life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The end.